You're listening to episode 251 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here, and I am so excited today to be able to share with you my personal web designer. And this woman is just incredible, Coraline Hazelwood. She is absolutely fantastic. And it's funny because I first came across Coraline when she was doing a Facebook Live in a group that I was in. And she was only maybe 10, 15 minutes into the live. And I was so taken with her and her story and her, her just incredible knowledge and expertise. I sent her a private message to ask when we could get on the phone so that I could hire her before she was even done the Facebook live. That's how incredible she is. She is just fantastic. And I am over the moon to be able to bring her to you. She also just completed my brand new website, which is now finally up. I was the one holding things up for several months. <laughs> I was the problem. The poor girl was trying to chase me down and I was all over the place, but it is finally up. It is done. It is beautiful. And she is an absolute wizard. And we're talking today about how to optimize websites, driving traffic to your sites, all those types of things. But we're also getting into the unrealistic expectations of what it means to run a business and how we're always being guided, even when we feel like we're not how oftentimes the very things that we're meant to do are sitting right under our noses, which is something I have very much experienced in switching over to human connection and what I do as well. And just really getting clear on the opportunities that we have in front of us right now and how people say that building a business is hard. And Coralyn said something that really resonated with me and she said hard, but compared to what? You know, hard, hard compared to what? What are we comparing that to where a business feels that hard? Building a business feels that hard. So I'm really, really excited to share with you uh, this entire interview. And Coraline started her very first blog at age 11, followed by designing graphics and websites in grade 12. And she then went on to acquire a Bachelor of Technology degree specializing in graphic communications management and digital marketing. Um, she also has a postgraduate degree in public relations and over seven years of hands-on experience working in the digital media space. She has managed the corporate communication strategies for nonprofits like the Toronto Zoo, and she mastered email marketing that converts while supporting a small startup in Toronto as well. She also had massive success while increasing customer engagement on social media by over 300% while working at a digital media agency as a social media strategist for major brands like Tabasco and Dole too. So this is such a fantastic conversation. We really get into it on this one. And this is not just about business strategy. So for anyone who's listening to this, who is not as uh, business focused or who maybe isn't an entrepreneur or not interested in that stuff, I promise you there's still all kinds of incredible nuggets that you're going to get out of this one because 
Coralyn just uh, radiates this, this wisdom and this beautiful energy that is incredibly inspiring. And she inspires me a huge amount to do the things that scare us and to take the imperfect action and to just go for it because incredible things happen when you actually believe in your own potential. So let's get into it. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And I have Coralyn with me today. Coralyn, I'm so excited to have you on and you've been working closely with me the last few months and I'm just excited to share you even more <laughs> because I just adore you. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's been really, really fun to you know, get to look behind the scenes at your brand and help you do some strategy and design and stuff like that. And I'm anxious to see it get out into the world. So this is, this is perfect timing. It's a ton of fun. It is. It is. Oh my gosh. Well, and it's also been like pulling teeth for you at times because I have been <laughs> the bottleneck in all of this, but you have been fantastic. <laughs> it, it's uh, you know what? It's so funny because I think when you're in the design website strategy world, you have to get used to your clients trying to give you excuses all the time. <laughs> like, it genuinely just comes with it because there's this desire, I think, for business owners to put out something that's perfect when we really just need to be working on putting out something that's malleable, something that's like a really good base point because it's going to change um, every month, right? Like, <laughs> you're going to want to change it every month. So it's something that I've been working on with um, most of my clients go through that. So I think it's normal. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tell us a little bit about you because when I first came across you, um, you were doing a Facebook live in uh, our friend Sarah's Facebook group and mm -hmm. I think it was like a 25, 30 minute live. And within 15 minutes, I'd already sent you a DM and I was like, hi, can I, uh, can I book you? Because I'm a little bit obsessed with you. <laughs> so tell us about you, because I just loved how you wove your story into what you do and how you got to where you are and all of that. So I want you to share that with us. Yeah. So I'll try and keep it short because I'm a talker and I like, I could share this all day because I think it's <laughs> relevant for entrepreneurs too. But um, essentially, I went to school for design work. I thought I was going to be like Meryl Streep and the Devil Wears Prada. That was like my ultimate career girl. That's what I wanted. Um, and so I kind of set myself up for that. I went to university here in Toronto. I got a Bachelor of Technology. Um, I did a postgrad in public relations. I did another postgrad in social media management. I've been working in the publishing industry since I was like super young on computers, designing websites, designing graphics for companies. Um, and I kind of ended up just thinking that what I wanted was to work in, <laughs> in corporate. Like I wanted to be Meryl Streep, right? And so I, I took that path and I worked in startups, um, here in Toronto, I worked at the Toronto Zoo for a couple of years. I worked at different printing publishers. Um, and then I went on to work at a startup, launching all of their social media accounts, which was really fun, um, managing all of their marketing, all of their graphics, which was also super cool. And then there was just this day where I was like, I can't go to that office ever again. Like I can't go there. So <laughs> that was like my first taste of, I'm not meant to work in, in, in a building. Like I'm not meant to work like that. And I remember being shocked because I thought that's what I'd always wanted because it's just what I'd been told really was right. Um, so I quit that day. Like <laughs> I 
had nothing else lined up. I just said to the universe, I can't work in a like in an office building like this anymore. Like I, I physically can't do it. My body hated it. And the next day I got um, asked on LinkedIn to go for a job interview to be like a social media strategist at an ad agency here in Toronto. And it was work from home. And I was like, yes. Yeah. So I, I went an entire two days without a job. <laughs> which was like the universe always catches you when you leave. And so I worked in that industry for about three and a half years working from home. And I loved everything about it. I worked with a lot of really great clients, Kodiak Boots, Tabasco, Dole Canada, um, really learning how to manage their social media channels, uh, whether it was Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, I did them all. And I had about 11 clients on my roster at any given time that I'd be working with. But one of the things that they always wanted me to do was take that traffic from the social media and then send it to their websites. And this is when I really started getting into web design and um, user experience because at that time, I wasn't doing the design work. Someone else on my team would manage like their websites and stuff like that. And I couldn't figure out why I was driving so much traffic to these dang websites through social media and my ads. Um, but their email lists weren't growing or like they weren't staying on the website and it used to drive me crazy. So I was like, I'm doing my job. The website's not doing its part. And so that's when it really started in terms of me diving into website design and conversion rates and Google analytics to really see like, how can I optimize what it is that I'm doing on social for all the other areas of their business and whew, See, I talk too much. Um, <laughs> no, this is perfect. I love this. So I started doing that. And then I remember in 2015, I actually lost my dad to cancer. And I just had like a total life meltdown. I, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I in this job? Even though I'm good at it. Like I had this feeling like I had always been building other people's businesses and never my own. And so I really started to resent my ad clients, even though, even though I loved managing their social, um, I just had this overwhelming feeling of like, you can do this for yourself. Like, why wouldn't you do this for you if you can do it for all these businesses really well? And so I made the decision during that time. Um, I had also started following a ton of coaches. It was really the rise of the coaching industry in late like early 2015, 2014, it was when they were really all starting to come up into the world. And I remember being in this like despair after losing my dad and seeing all these happy coaches online thinking, that's what I meant to do. Like, I'm going to be a coach. And so I, you know, I saved up expenses for a little bit and then I quit that advertising job with nothing lined up, just determined to make it as a coach. And I said to the universe, if this is what I meant to do, like give me an opportunity, like show me the opportunity. And I went on Facebook and this coach that I've been following, uh, Lauren Eliz Love was hiring a VA. And she was essentially just looking for someone to like sit on her coaching calls and take notes. And I had somehow convinced her that she was gonna be like my mentor. Like. <laughs> I got on that call and I was like, yeah, you're going to be my mentor. You're going to teach me how to coach and I'm going to handle your, you know, the notes taking and stuff like that. And it was probably a month 
a month and a half in where we were on our like usual meeting call and I'm like, can we change this thing on your website? Like it's, it's not working for you. Can we update this thing over here? It's not, it's not working for you either. Like the sales page is, you know, it's, it's not doing what it can. And she's just like, wait, you know, all of these things. Like I thought I just hired you to take notes on my calls. And I was like, actually, no, I've been doing this for the last 10 years. Like this is what I do. And she's like, oh, so I ended up working with her for probably almost two and a half years. And we took her business from about 5% passive revenue annually to up over 50% passive revenue in about a two year time frame using different automations and stuff like that. Up, updating the website, doing some branding, all that kind of fun stuff. And the weird part was that I, you know, I, I still had it in my mind that whole time that I was working with her that I was going to be a coach. (laughs) I was like, this is temporary. This isn't what I meant to do. Uh, You know, I'm going to be a coach. And no matter how many times I like sat down and like put my good mindset hat on because I can deliver really powerful mindset talks. It just, I was like, something's missing here. (laughs) And the universe just kept shoving me away from that. No matter what I did, I always seem to be doing people's websites and (laughs) updating their graphics and and talking strategy. And um, when things kind of collapsed, when that opportunity, I left that contract on the table back in November, um, I kind of had this idea, it was called Worthy of It. And I built it to be kind of like a Udemy or like a Coursera, but for like everything to do with being a woman. So you could go there and find a course on managing your period and you could find a course on doing your hair and your makeup and growing a business. And so everything to do with being a woman, I wanted to build that. And no matter what I did, we couldn't get it off the ground. And I'm, I'm a person who knows the, you know, the strategies. I'm like, why isn't this working? And I was like pulling my hair out. I had one month left of savings in my bank account. Um, and I was just like, you know what you're supposed to do. And I was literally this close to going and getting a job. Like I was just also, it was also in December of this year that this happened, right? Where I quit and was like, I just can't do it anymore. And I didn't have a plan. And uh, I was like this close <laughs> to being like, okay, I got to go get a job. And the funny thing was, I, I again asked the universe and said, hey, if I meant to go get a job, like throw me a bone, like show me a sign. So again, on Facebook, I log in and this company that I love here in Toronto, uh, a meditation studio, I was looking for like just just part-time help. So I'm like, okay, I see you. So I went and I sat down and I redid my resume and I hadn't redone my resume in five years. (laughs) I haven't given anybody a resume in five years. So I'm going through this resume, Emily, And if anybody is thinking about quitting their business, I highly recommend you go do your resume because it was like the greatest confidence boost that I ever had. It was, I went from being like, I can't do this. This is impossible to being like, are you, are you kidding me? (laughs) I have all of this experience and so much value. I was born for this. This is who I am. And so 
I had a random website that I was like, not never going to use. And I put it on Instagram and I was like, it's 500 bucks. Does anybody want it? And I had 12 women reach out to me and they're like, we need websites. And, um, I've been doing that ever since. So that was in January. I now operate a $20,000 a month agency. Um, and I'm kind of shifting a little bit now as well to help more people, but yeah, it's crazy. It's and it's such a short period of time too. Like that turnaround, that's massive. I really want to underscore that. That's enormous. Yeah. It's, you know what I realized it is, it is so simple when you're solving a genuine problem for people mm -hmm. like money will never be an issue if you're solving a serious problem for people. Right. And when you're also like doing so from your heart, like from a place of genuine sincerity and like wanting the best people feel that right. Like one of my, one of my values is like always over giving. Right. And so I also, do my best to provide like the absolute best customer service. Like I will help you with your website long after our contract is over. And some people might say, Oh, well that's poor boundaries. And you know, you should really be charging for that. And in some respects I agree, but for me, it's more important that you get the help you need quickly. Cause it takes me 10 minutes to change something on your website. It takes you four hours to figure out how to do it. <laughs> So I'm like, I'd rather take the 10 minutes and build this incredible relationship with you, knowing that it's going to come back to me tenfold, which I seriously think, you know, happens. So that's genuinely how I was able to do that. And then of course, automating, like I, and hiring, I have a lot of help. <laughs> that's awesome. A lot of help. Yeah. 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 And that's so key. And I, I just, I think that there, I mean, there's so many things that I want to unpack there, but something that you and I talked about right before we jumped on was about how so many of us believe that building a business is hard. Hmm. And there's a lot of that going around right now, especially. And I kind yeah. of want to really underscore for people, especially that you have built this business up, not only in such a short period of time, but during a global pandemic. <laughs> Like yeah. with the, the world falling apart and like the economy crashing and all these different things, that's what you've managed to grow during this time. So I'd love mm -hmm. to hear more of your opinions on the, this whole idea about building a business is hard. Yeah. I mean, look, there are parts of building a business that are hard, right? If you're not a tech person or you haven't been around computers your whole life, yeah, that's going to be uncomfortable for you to get in front of one and, and watch a video tutorial on how to click things through on Shopify. That's going to be uncomfortable. But like my greatest girlfriend in the world face, she always says to me, and I love her for this. She said it to me two years ago when I was having a breakdown about how hard building my business was. And she goes hard compared to what Coraline? Like, what are you comparing it to? You're not at war. Like, it, is it harder than sitting in your office desk job eight hours a day? Is it harder than that? Like that, that grossness that you feel at the end of the day, going home, knowing that you're not doing what you're made to do, like, is the discomfort worth it? You know? And so I, I, it is hard. There are hard parts of it, but like hard compared to what? Like, <laughs> You know, like I don't even have another better way to put it. Like it's going to be challenging. Building a business is challenging. You have to be adaptable. 
you have to lead yourself every single day, not just in your business, but in every area of your life. But like that to me is so much easier than getting to my deathbed and never having tried or having gave up 10 minutes in to try and make an opt-in, you know, like I would rather it be a little bit hard. <laughs> like there's, I just, I think we just also have to keep like everything in perspective. Like if you have a computer at your fingertips, you have a cell phone at your fingertips, that in itself is a privilege to have that resource, right? Like I know that our phones, we've probably had them now in our hands for the last 12 years. And so it's hard to remember a time without them, but there are people on this planet that still don't have that. So like you have opportunity sitting in your hand all day long. Like is, is building a business harder than walking, you know, 25 kilometers a day to get water? I don't know. I've never done that, but I would rather build a business than like have to do that. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, it is hard. Things are hard. Life is hard. Everything's challenging right now around us, but not doing it is harder. Yeah. And, and I've said that before that, that the, the discomfort of staying well, sometimes, sometimes staying comfortable can become so uncomfortable that you have to yeah. make a move. You, you have that to shift something. That's yeah, what my yeah. Seriously, is. that is anxiety. Exactly. That's yeah. how anxiety manifests. <laughs> like, hey, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, hey, pay attention to me. <laughs> right? This thing yeah. is not working. <laughs> yeah, this isn't. You need to pay attention to this. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people struggling right now as well with with everything that is going on this year and feeling a lot of lack and a lot of uh, scarcity. And mm -hmm. there is still so much opportunity right now. And I'd love to, to hear your perspective on that as well. Yeah, I mean, there's more opportunity now than there was before. Like, you now have an entire globe of people who are sitting at home most of the time on their phones or watching TV or on their computers. Like, Prior to pandemic, people went to work. They had things that they were doing during the day. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of, oh, well, now they're not working, so there's no money. Like, people are spending more. Like, <laughs> you know, if you actually sit down and look at the numbers, people are spending more than they were prior to the pandemic. And the more important thing to realize is that they switched really, really easily to getting comfortable buying online. So, you know, there's opportunity there. And if you're providing or prior to the pandemic, you know, you were providing a service that maybe can't be done online. Maybe there's a way that you can use the internet to try and optimize that or to think about another way that you could serve those people, even if it's not in person, right? So there's a glass half full and there's a glass half empty for every situation. But the one that we're in right now, and I've had the scarcity moments, I have them all the time. Like, <laughs> I'm not unprone to them. Um, you know, I think that we have to, as a nation and as a collective, focus more on the opportunity that's ahead of us. Things are changing, but the opportunity isn't gone. It's just different. 
right? Like it's the opportunity is just different. It's it's not gone. It's just it's just different. You just have to adapt. That's what being a business owner is. And then that that word of twenty twenty is pivot, right? <laughs> Every damn day, yes. <laughs> But then it's not always about pivoting. It, it can be about more adapting. I think that adapt yeah. is a far better word because a lot of times people are thinking that pivoting, they need to go a completely different direction. And that's not necessarily the case at all. You might just, just need to make some adjustments to what you're doing yeah. to make it better suited to who you're trying to reach. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like look at what Starbucks had to do to reopen. They had to put up some face shields and get employee branded face masks and put stickers on the floor, right? Like they adapted. They're a company that adapted. All the companies eventually adapt. The question of like winning in business is are you going to adapt fast or are you going to take your goddamn time? <laughs> the best possible way of putting it. <laughs> like, there's nothing more frustrating to me than people who like won't fail really fast. Yeah. Fail faster. I love, I love coming back to that, that whole concept of fail faster. Like the faster you fail, the faster you can get back up and figure out what you should be doing instead. Yeah, you have to. The only thing guaranteed in business is failure. Mm. And so many people will say, oh, how do I get successful? Ask any of them. You have to fail. I failed. I started six businesses before this one. Six. And now I'm launching another one, even though this one's doing just fine. I'm just like... <laughs> You know, it's, it's like, it's in your bones. I don't know. You have to be really willing to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the more you fail, the more comfortable you get failing too. Well, yeah, because when you fail and you're aware of your failure, it's a, not a failure. It's, you know, this is so cliche, but it really does become a lesson, mm -hmm. right? They're really, and when you're failing as quick and as fast as you need to, to build a business, you look at that failure you're like okay why didn't it work here okay time to go because your rent's not waiting for you to take three months to figure out why it failed like it's just not and that's why i think a lot of people say that the biggest growths come right after a rock bottom because you don't have you don't have the leeway to wait yeah you don't have that that's why I always say, like, jump off the cliff if you need to. The client comes to me and is like, I want to quit my job. I'm like, do it. It's the best thing you'll ever do for yourself because you will learn how much you can work and you will hustle. Does it, is it right for everybody? No. Building businesses is not right for everybody. But what's the worst that happens? You go get a job? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, you've already, you've already given us so many examples already about how often the things that we're meant to do are sitting right in front of us, like waving the flag going, I'm right here. <laughs> like pay yeah. attention to me. I've had that experience multiple times. <laughs> yeah. One of the things my mom always used to say to me, she used to get so mad while I was trying to be a coach because she'd be like, why don't you just do design? You're so good at it. It comes so easy to you. And I have it programmed in my brain. And a lot of us do. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be hard. Like it's not, you know, like that, that annoying message from the planet. And, you know, the other aspects of running your business are going to be challenging. I just got a giant tax bill. 
I don't, I'm not an accountant. That's hard. <laughs> like, you know, like, that's hard. If I can sit down at my desk and have the work I do be easy, that's great because hiring a team, managing people, getting an accountant, realizing they did it all wrong a year later and now you're paying the bill for it, like that's hard. So if there's something that you're good at and you're sitting around and it's easy, don't undervalue that gift just because it's easy. Like, yeah. you know, doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. <laughs> well, and I mean, speaking of skills that come easily, let's talk a little bit about web design. So what are some of the, the biggest things that you see being done wrong that people can change about their website, like right off the bat? Yeah. Remove the fluff. Um, more than like more than four items in your menu bar. I, I would never really recommend. I, like the, what I always tell my clients to do is like, go to your site, your site and see if you know where to click. Mm. Because nine times out of 10, they're like, no, I have no idea where to click. It should be so unbelievably clear when your ideal or potential ideal client lands on your site, what you'll want them to do. Like, what is the main thing that you want them to do? Because your site is supposed to serve a purpose. Not right? just like be pretty. <laughs> it's not supposed to, it's not even supposed to be pretty, right? <laughs> Ugly social media posts get more attention than nice ones. A lot of times it's true, yes. <laughs> like, you go see some hideous design and you're like, how? How did that do that? It's because it, it, it stands out to the brain, right? Um, so yeah, limiting the number of things that you have in your menu bar is a big one. Making your call to action that's above the fold. So first thing you see there being something of value, right? An action that your client can take that's something of value that gives them an idea of who you are and solves a problem for them, right? Like it should not be, hey, like the top shouldn't be, hey, I'm Emily, here's six things about me. Now go read more on my about page. Here's the button to do that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it should be, hey, I'm Emily. I know you have this problem. Here's a free thing to help you fix it. Click here. <laughs> it's so know? simple when you put it that way. <laughs> it's so simple when you put it that way. But we often think, oh, my website's like click here to, I don't know tell my story. And I think it is in a lot of ways, right? But it's not the first thing that you need to do on your website. Because if that person leaves your site without giving you their email, unless you're running retargeting ads on Facebook or Instagram, you have no guarantee that they're coming back. Like think about your website as like you have one shot to get that person's attention. Mm. Do you really want to try and do that by telling them your life story? Probably not. You want to get them on your email list and tell them your life story and why it's important to their journey in your email box, right? Like we have to really think about the purpose it serves. It's, it's there to capture the information of our audience. It's not there to be a billboard. Like, I don't know. It's like, so that's the thing. Clear call to action. Stop making it all about you. Um, shorten the menu bar. Sales pages shouldn't have any links on them except the buy button. Um, less is more, like less is always more. 
And something else I've noticed with you building my site, and we've talked about this, is almost like repetitive, some repetitiveness as well, which yeah. goes against human nature. We're like, no, we want everything to be different and beautiful again, right? Like that, that whole kind of concept. But yeah. you, you kind of pointed out to me that the human eye needs to, and, and the brain, basically, we need to see the same thing over and over again to be like, oh yeah, I, I need that. And then to actually click on it. Well, yeah. So there's two things that we do in design. Um, it, it's called like, I'm, I'm going to mess the term up wrong, but the, the, the idea is that we want to be showing the brain things that are common to it. Right? So when we're on a website, we want to be using layouts that are common that the brain is used to, which is why you will always find, I don't know who decided that menu bars on mobile pages should go on the left. Like, that's not where they go. Like the, we're trained as people to click the menu in the top right hand corner. So the design wise, it's stupid to put it on the left. Like you're asking the brain to learn a new way of navigating something. So you always want to take the path of least resistance, right? So it's so funny you say that because I was just, I don't even remember whose website it was. I was just on a website literally two or three days ago and I couldn't figure out where the menu was. And finally I realized that it was on the left side and I was so thrown. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> you want your customer to be really confused. Your website up. Like put the menu bar at the bottom. That's fun. Like, yeah, no. So what I try to do there is like, I'm trying to always design on the same site with similar aspects, like similar elements of design, similar layouts. Like on yours, we've done chunks of three because you have three different niches, right? Like three different areas of service. And so I try to work in that pattern of three on every single page to get the mind used to seeing it like that, right? Um, but the other thing that I will say too is, this is a massive mistake most people are making and that's looking at their desktop site because 70% of your traffic is mobile. Unless you're, unless you're doing a service-based industry where you're serving corporate in some kind of way, because they are sitting on their laptops now. And we did see a little bit of a shift in that with everyone being home on their computers. There's a little bit of shift off of mobile, but not much. Like you should really, really be designing your mobile site um, and then making sure your desktop site also looks okay. Like it should be, it should be the opposite way around. Um, <clears throat> we're the only people who look at our desktop sites. <laughs> That's such a good reminder because it's true. Like, and, and a lot of times you'll go to somebody's mobile site and it's not optimized for mobile. And in this day and age, that's totally unacceptable because you, you can't have that. If, if people can't even navigate your site on their phone, they're just not going to navigate it at all. They'll just leave. They're going to leave. You have, yeah. there's something like, like page load. Remember we were going through this thing with your site. It was so slow. Yes. Hearing this, but it was so slow. Yes. <laughs> on sales pages. If someone has to wait more than three seconds for them to load, it's pretty much a guaranteed bounce. Yep. Like three seconds is considered a long time on the internet, unless you live in the boonies <laughs> and then you're used to waiting. Right. But us, like we have, we have fast internet in our hand all the time. And so I don't know about you, but if I go to a YouTube video or like I click on someone's Instagram link and it doesn't load, I'm like, okay, bye. Not meant to be here. See you later. Exactly. So like, that's so important too, is like page speed is actually really important. Yeah. 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 
So let's talk a little bit then about automation. So people are cleaning up their site. They are optimizing their mobile version of their site, all of these things, and they want to start building out some automations. So where does that even begin? And then I also wanted to ask you about driving traffic because we can build all the automations I want, but if, if we don't drive traffic to it, then that's going to be a problem in and of itself. So you start with whichever one of those makes more sense and then we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So with the automations, it really does depend on the type of business that you're running. So if we look at my business, for example, which is a service-based business, meaning I make websites for different clients all the time, the things that I needed to optimize were on the back end. The, and the way that I always look at optimization is what am I doing all the time? Like what are the tasks and like a really great way to figure out what you need to automate first is figuring out what you spend the most amount of time doing the same things each day. So for me, for example, what I spent a lot of time doing was sending onboarding packages. Like here's your PDF thing and fill out this form. Like that was what I spent my time doing and then creating invoices. And so, you know, I looked first at automating those things. And so I use an incredible platform called Dubsado. If you're in that creative industry, um, it's really, really helpful for that. And so you, I started, when someone fills out this form to book a call with me, automatically send them the link, right? Automatically send them a reminder. If after that call, I check this button, then send them this proposal, then do this, right? And so your business just becomes a bunch of if then statements for your computer to do, <laughs> which is the magical thing about technology is like your computer, you can train it to do anything, right? Um, so that's the one type of automation. And then there's a second type of automation, which are really important in businesses um, like yours and like the one that I'm now building, and that's automating your, like your introduction to your clients and starting to automate the sale of your things too. Um, and ideally your traffic, right? So ideally you automate your traffic, you automate your opt-ins, you automate educating them on what that is, you automate the sales process, right? So everything, essentially you just show up and teach would be the goal. You show up on your client calls, right? And so with businesses like yours, I tend to automate outside in and with businesses that are service-based, I tend to automate inside out. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I love how you phrase that actually. Yeah. Yeah. I would work on like, especially if you're someone and I'm like massive on this right now because I don't know why I, I just don't understand, but, um, let me close something here. It's distracting me. But um, if you're running a business like yours, for example, where it's course based or coaching based, or you have these, you know, these offers and these launches, like the one thing that you need to be automating is growing your email list. Um, it's the smartest thing that you could possibly be doing. And I know everyone is so focused on like grow your social media accounts and grow your whatever. But the reality is, is that those platforms aren't serving us to the level that we think they are. So for example, you post something on Instagram and it has a lifespan. A story has a lifespan of 24 hours, right? A social media post in the feed has a lifespan anywhere from two hours to three hours, unless that person always engages with you and then they're likely to see it regardless. If you have super, super high engagement, right? So it's two to three hours total that you've got there. 
On Facebook, it's even worse. You've got 20 minutes. So that feed, that post that you spent so long pouring your heart and soul into and making an image and editing that image that you just put up on Instagram is not only going to be alive for two hours and then it's gone. That to me is crazy. And yet we spend so much time there building that audience. And yet we never move them into a platform that we actually own on those platforms. You're at the whim of the algorithm. And I know everyone's like, don't fear the algorithm. It's still a very real thing. It's still something that you need to take into consideration as like a potential risk in your business. It could change tomorrow and it could all be very different, right? Like you've been lucky that they haven't really messed with it all that much lately, but they could, and we don't have any say, right? And so I always say like the first thing that you need to automate is finding a way to get those people off of that platform and into your own business ecosystem. It's so important. It's so important. You can, and everyone's like, I don't know what to send you my email. Try your Instagram post. <laughs> Same shit. Put it in an email, you know, like they're more likely to open it there. They're actually more likely to see it. And you can add a link. You can't even do that on Instagram. You know, like you can't put a direct link to your sales page on your Instagram post. Why? There, it's very real reason why. They don't want people going away from Instagram. They want them on the platform, right? There's a reason why they do these things. So that's the first thing that I would be automating. And that's like your first step in automating your very first funnel and your very first sale. After you figure out how to get the people off those social platforms that you've spent so long building content for, you can sell them anything. So yeah. yeah, long rant. That's what I would automate first. <laughs> no, I love that. And it's true. And, and this is still, um, and I'm guilty of this as well, like still underutilizing the email list. And I've had so many people say to me, and I, I too have had those moments where I'm like, well, what do I say to my email list? And then I've had to remind myself sometimes, I'm like, what do you say on social media? <laughs> Just put it in there. And I'm also all about repurposing. So I'm like, far more people are going to see it in your email list than they are on social. Yeah, like there's so many more things you can do in email than you can on social media. Like I don't, I don't know. Like it's also like the ROI on email is so astronomical. Like there are some studies that say that like with email, if you were like diligent with it and you, you know, you, you might need some marketing background, but like some people say that you could put $1 into email marketing and get 44 out. Like it has that good of open rates, right? Like if you spend the time learning email marketing, that's going to serve you because when you learn email marketing, you're also learning video marketing. You're also learning social marketing. You're like, you're learning how to make good sales pages. You're just writing, right? And sales if you're like, not a good writer, fucking put it in an audio clip, upload it to Google drive. Like people listen to audio all the time, right? So like, I'm tired of the excuses of like, I don't like writing or like, it's hard. I'm like, figure it out. You have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So people are optimizing their website. They are setting up their, their automations. Now, how do they drive traffic? Yeah. So there's two ways, the tortoise and the hare. 
right? So your tortoise is organic, organic. It's the best. Everyone loves it. Everyone's like, I can teach you how to make millions of dollars organically. It's the greatest thing. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, talking about it on your, on your Facebook and on your Instagram and on your podcast, you know, go check out my website, go to this link, go to this landing page in your YouTube videos, right? Creating a blog post and pinning it six times a week. And this is organic traffic is what wears people out. Mm. Like everyone's like burnout, content burnout. Like I'm in, I'm in a content building phase right now. We're like, we're in the middle of publishing like 30 different blog posts, pins for all of that. Like just to get the organic content marketing train moving on a new brand. Um, but I'm doing that alongside the hair, which is paid. And, you know, paid traffic, if you, like, people are like, oh, I don't want to spend $100. It's so worth it. Like, you have, you have two currencies in your business. You have your time and you have money, right? So you can spend, like, we're putting in the time right now to do the organic marketing, not because we believe that that's the best way to go, but because we want the SEO juice and you know, there is something to be said of creating that runway for yourself using organic, but it's not necessarily long-term sustainable unless you have a large team like Gary V, right? And if you look back at when Gary V started, he was doing a lot of advertising. <laughs> he doesn't anymore because he's got that footprint, but he started doing a lot of advertising, right? So you've got those two kind of, there's two different ways to do it. And like there are, everyone thinks that it's super expensive too, right? It's, it's not. If you're, if you're driving people to something like a really, like a well done landing page, for example, from Pinterest, like it's like 70 cents a click. So, I mean, would you rather sit there and create a hundred different Pinterest graphics and manually pin them all week? Or would you rather spend $10 and get a, you know, get say max 20 people on it? who are probably going to opt in. Like, I'd rather spend the 10 bucks, right? So, and like, that's just small. So those are the two ways that you can do it. If you want me to go into like organic drivers, like where you can put things like repurposing content, we can do that too. Yeah, I mean, let's touch on that too, just so that we give everybody sort of a well-rounded view. Yeah, so with the organic, I mean, you've got all your main platforms and, you know, they're kind of categorized based on the type of content that you're really good at making, right? So if you're a really good speaker, then podcasting is really great for you for organic, right? And so is YouTube, probably, because you don't necessarily need to be visually on YouTube. You can put anything in the video. Um, so, and then you've got like Facebook Lives, right? If you're a really good speaker, that's another great way for you to do it. Instagram Live. If you're a really great writer, then blogging is going to be your thing, right? So you're going to want to be focusing on Pinterest. You're going to be want to focus on like Blogspot and um, like <laughs> another really great way to try if you really like writing is Reddit. Like so many people are sitting chilling on Reddit asking questions about the problems that you're trying to solve. Like why not go help them out and send them to your website? Like super easy right um, you're the second person i've heard that from this week about reddit actually that's really funny you bring that up because i'm like huh reddit like untapped resource there <laughs> people are like so open and vulnerable about what they're going through and you can just be like oh here's help right here on my website like, yeah 
right? Those, um, what's that other one that like ask a hundred questions or whatever. And it's like how to do, how to. Like Quora or something? Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. yeah. You can put your answer in there. Like the link is, lives there forever. First of all, it's not disappearing 10 minutes from now, right? It lives there forever. And you know, the people who are landing on that page need your help. So like, go get creative. Like, you know, you can do that. Um, so yeah, you got Facebook, Instagram, you've obviously got TikTok now too. Really good if you're good at video or you're funny or I'm not a good TikToker. Uh, <laughs> Pinterest is the big one. If you're writing and blogging, Pinterest can drive a lot of traffic for you. It, it really, truly is a really, really great tool. Snapchat, Snapchat advertising is really cheap actually. Um, and then you've got, you know, your ad platforms for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of options, right? Like it's just about sort of thinking outside the box a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, those are just like the top five social networks, right? Like if you really are desperate for traffic, like go print a poster and put it on the pole outside. Like <laughs> what a thing, like that sounds ridiculous, but I always remember this story from Lauren and she's like, you know, people think that they see these people who've made it big and they're like, oh, they've been like that forever. Right. It's like seeing your friend Johnny and trying to think about him as a baby. Like it just feels really strange, right? Like this 40 year old man named Gord thinking about him as a child. Like that seems very odd, you know? But like these people started places and Lauren always used to say, and I always used to be like, huh, that's weird. That like she, she literally put a poster up in her library that she wanted to teach life coaching courses. And so she just ran a free class at the library to get her first clients. Like there's no shortage of opportunity. There's just a shortage of resourcefulness. Like we just need to get more resourceful. It's yes. for us. <laughs> oh, I love that. There's no shortage of opportunity. There's just a shortage of resourcefulness. I'm going to quote you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. That's, That's awesome. <laughs> Corlin, this is awesome. Is there, is there anything that you want to touch on that we haven't had an opportunity to, to dive into yet? No, I would just say that like for anyone who is starting a business, just like fail like a lot and like, don't be afraid of it. Like it's not failing in your business. Isn't about you being bad or wrong or like not good enough. It's literally just like your business wasn't a good idea or like it, it didn't get in front of the right people. Like we have this, we have this weird desire to attach our businesses to our identity and I think that's important in a lot of ways because it is something that you have to like birth into the world and nurture and love. Um, but it is not you as a person. And so, you know, be connected with it, but disconnect your identity from it. And it will grow a lot faster too. Cause you'll be like, Oh shit, that has nothing to do with me. Try another opt-in, right? Like you'll just keep going. Um, and like anytime something is overwhelming, like the biggest thing that you can do, especially when it comes to tech is just like one thing at a time, like three minute timer, I'm gonna try for three minutes, then I'm gonna go for a walk. <laughs> I'm gonna come back and try for three minutes and then go for a walk, right? So just try and like break things out and slow and steady, except for when you're talking about traffic. Yes. <laughs> then, then the hair is still a good idea. <laughs> and the hair is great. Yes. Even if it's a little $10 hair is great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Corlin, this is just amazing. Where, tell everybody uh, not only where we can find you and connect with you, but tell us a little bit about your new business that you're coming out with as well. 
Yeah. So, you know, one of the great ways to kind of figure out or like market test a new business is like if someone asks you about it all the time. So if people come to you and they have the same questions all the time, it's likely a good business idea um, or it's likely something that you could sell. And so um, what I'm working on right now is more of a tech and automation portal for all of the different platforms that we use as marketers so that you'll really be able to go in there and get a step-by-step video walkthrough of how to actually set up these automations in your business, no matter what platform you're running, whether that's Kartra, Kajabi, uh, ActiveCampaign, ConvertKit, uh, they'll all be in there. So it's kind of like a one-stop, you'll also be able to find website templates, landing page templates, email swipe files, essentially all of the things that you need in one place for like a super low monthly cost. <laughs> And then we're also doing coaching as well, but it'll be more like, it's not hard. Like, just go do it. Like, <laughs> don't come to me with questions you can Google is like, is kind of like our slogan. So um, that's what I'm working on right now. It's called goals and growth, because if you don't have a goal, you're never going to grow. And so um, we are launching that in four days. <laughs> amazing okay well this podcast it, it, it'll already be launched then by the time this podcast comes out <laughs> yes so it will be launched so you can go to goalsandgrowth.com to check it out and we are also goals n so n is in the letter goals and growth on instagram twitter youtube and facebook amazing yeah and i'll link all that up that's perfect <laughs> okay so i just have one final question oh yeah. sorry, what'd you say I said, this has been so fun. This has been so fun. And I, I always just wrap up with one more question. And that is, if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Stop looking outside of you. Yeah, it's not out there. Um, the best possible version of yourself, like you already truly do know at your core who that is and what that is. And your body is always and your brain and your subconscious is always telling you. It's just a matter of, of uh, putting on your big girl pants and listening to it. Um, but yeah, stop. It's not, it's not in the protein bars or the right diet. It's, it's not that the answer is, is always inside. Such a good response. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Corlin. I really appreciate you. And I can't wait to show off the new website that uh, is finally coming out into the world. Thanks to you. <laughs> yes, it'll be my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. How incredible is that woman? I just adore Coralyn and I, I truly, I cannot recommend her enough. My brand new website is now up so that you can go take a look and be sure to go check out all of the amazing work that she's doing. You can go find her on Instagram and her website. All the places are all referenced in the show notes. And Coralyn has also extremely generously extended a seven day free trial to a uh, social growth vault. This is an entire vault that she's created with over 2000 pieces of content already and six different courses all within this container to help people see growth and sales from their social media. So if you are a business owner, I highly recommend going to check this out. The link is in the show notes and you can go grab your seven day free trial now.
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me, and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.